Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. And welcome back to Film School here on KUCI. 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. In Requiem for the American Dream, Noam Chomsky, Noam Chomsky, widely recognized as the most influential intellect alive, makes playing the principles perpetrating the concentration of wealth and power in the hands of a select few. In his final long-form documentary interview, Noam Chomsky exposes with searing clarity the forces and policies behind the coordinated campaign that concentrates wealth and power in this country articulating on fundamental principles that per, that perpetuate this vicious cycle chomsky provides insight into the demise of democracy and the erosion of opportunity that are likely if we don't do something about it we are joined today by two of the co-directors and two of the producers uh, of the film Requiem for the American Dream and that would be Peter Hutchinson and Jarrett P. Scott. Gentlemen, welcome to Film School. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, I'll start with you, Jarrett. Um, tell me a little bit about the uh, the how you decided you wanted to do a documentary on Chomsky or why the reasons behind it uh, and um, you know he's done a few but I'm just curious about the access uh, uh, he seems like a very open guy but tell us a little bit about that sort of process mm-hmm. deciding to go forward with especially at this time in the election cycle here we're, we're seeing here in America a lot of people who are coming to some very hard truths about the way the country operates now and it's a, so it's a particularly prescient film to be coming out now but where did it all start yeah well um well, actually yeah mike uh and kelly we all worked on on a on a film where we had interviewed professor chomsky before called split a divided america and split a deeper divide so we had interviewed chomsky before and of course we're, we're we all have um a similar but unique relationship with chomsky's teachings and writings and other films that we've experienced uh both in our youth and and today, so Chomsky has been a incredible influence on all of our our intellectual lives and and on our filmmaking um, ventures. So when we we kind of all got together in in 2010 and said we wanted to do a uh, a long form film that just focused on Noam Chomsky, and we wanted to focus on financial inequality, um, and then what he kept iterating when we started interviewing him was these 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 ideas and these principles and these mechanisms um, that perpetuated this concentration of wealth and power in the hands of a select few. So, really, you know, our our inspiration, like the the inspiration that Chomsky, you know, kind of throughout our lives, uh, collectively, you know, kind of compelled us to to make the film. And then we kind of carried this out through through four or five years. We went up to Boston several times uh, over that time span. Interviewed him. Um, we're able to go back, chew on some of his ideas, uh, come back with with uh, new questions. But but Professor Chomsky is, uh, I mean, he the amount of information uh, that he is able to just 
rattle off um, is is pretty outstanding. And you know, we uh, we were fortunate enough to to have to have the access. And he's a he's a, as you mentioned, he's a very accessible. He's actually a very accessible guy. Yeah. He's, we were we were shocked by how kind he was. He was funny. He was very welcoming. He didn't kind of sit in this ivory chair. So it was. He he, op- he welcomed us kind of with open arms. We were able to keep coming back to him. And I think you mentioned at the beginning of this, the, this conversation that this is kind of a swan song. I actually hope that's not the case. Me too. He did write to us and say he's gonna he's not going to do final form or long form interviews of this nature anymore. But I really hope that um, that 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 is not the case. That he continues to um, make himself available. And I hope that he's in many years to come. Peter Hutchinson, I ask you, if you started this project, sounds like four, about four years ago, um, it, it was, were the politics of America, you know, it's, as we were, it, at that time, we were in 2012, we're still in the midst of the, sort of the worst of the economic collapse of 2008. Did, did sort of the, politics of the day influence your decision to, to talk to Professor Chomsky uh, in making this film? Uh, it certainly affected our approach to uh, the subject matter that we decided to focus on and use as the cornerstone for the film. Um, we wanted to work with Professor Chomsky on a feature-length project, um, and we had a number of discussions about sort of how to focus his body of work in order to make it, uh, in order to put it into a contemporary context that would resonate with people uh, on the best level. Um, and I, I think that the wake of the financial crisis, disaster, meltdown, um, 2008, really kind of, you know, it, it set the tone and the stage for that. Um, we decided that inequality, economic inequality, was it, it, it was it was an issue and a cornerstone that we could basically um, have a conversation about the broad scope of Chomsky's work yeah. around, yeah. Um, and and uh, I think you know, and I think it. it it worked quite well. Um, you know, one of the things we're constantly talking about, of course, is uh, at the same time, Chomsky, Chomsky has been bringing this issue to people's attention for 40, 50 years now. Right. I remember going and seeing him back in the mid-80s as a college student. And I distinctly remember this moment when he said economic inequality is the biggest problem facing our nation um, and if we don't do something to get a handle on it, it's going to spiral out of control, and the consequence is going to be devastating. Uh, and in that respect, he was very prescient. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that there was a very much a goodness of fit with his work um, and what was happening uh, in contemporary America. It, it made sense for us to, to, you know, hang his ideas on, so to speak. Right. What well, reminder, listeners, we're speaking with Jared P. Scott and Peter Hutchinson, along with Kelly. Is it Nike or Nick? How do you say his last name? 
it's Knight. Like, it's, Ke- it's Kelly Knight. Knight. Kelly's not on the phone right now. No, but, I'm, but I was going to. I'm sorry. I just meant in the three of you co-directed and co-produced this yeah. film, Requiem right. for an American Dream. We're joined obviously by Peter Hutchinson and Jared P. Scott. Now, um, we, I think what's it's uh, for people who they may not know who Noam Chomsky is because, and for good reason. Uh, for a man who has had such tremendous influence in terms of uh, the American left worldwide, he is re- he's revered around the world. <clears throat> but for uh, for some people, because the, it's been a virtual media blockout, with the exception of a few shows like Democracy Now and some of the other sort of left wing media that do have him on occasionally to talk. Um, and I'll leave this as sort of a jump ball be- between the two of you. But I want to give our listeners some idea of where he's he came from professor chomsky started sort of burst onto the scene around the era of the vietnam or the beginning the, the nascent vietnam era protest against the war but tell us i don't care peter or jared um um peter go ahead tell us a little bit about professor chomsky for someone who doesn't know who he is well uh, i'm glad you asked that question in part because i think that that's one of the reasons we made this film is we felt that there was an entire generation of thinkers, um, citizens, activists, academics that um, aren't that familiar with Chomsky's work. They know who he is, uh, but they don't really know his work intimately. Um, you know, when I was coming up through through college and grad school, you know, there was a there was a very big focus on his his work, and the work is. It's dense, and and you need to you know you really need to work to to sift through the the volume yeah. of, of stuff that's <laughs> out there. His output is you know it's Prodigi- wildly impressive, as you well know. Prodigious, I would call it. Yes. Well, that's a great word. That's word power. Right yeah, that there. is it. So, yeah. um, and so I think um, we wanted to make a film to precisely. To do precisely that, to, that that would would serve as an introduction to people who are not familiar with Chomsky's life and work and impact and influence. And one of the things that that's been about the film and seeing it begin to screen at festivals around the world has been so satisfying and rewarding for me is to see fathers bringing their sons to the screenings, you know, and then having those sons come up to us afterwards and say, I want to bring my classmates to this movie. Like, this guy is incredible. And mothers bringing daughters as well. (laughs) Of course. And mothers bringing daughters, yes. Um, And so I think, you know, uh, this is really one of the reasons that that we made this film. We wanted to make him accessible. Um, He is a funny, warm, sharp man. Um, who, when you get a chance to sit with him in person, that that comes across strikingly. Um, and I think you get that impression in our film, and it's something that you don't necessarily get if you go, if you've had the opportunity to see him in a lecture setting. Um, yeah. And it's also there, of course, to sort of encapsulate and summarize his ideas in a way that reminds the rest of us who are very familiar with his work how relevant how pertinent, how important that work still is today, perhaps more than ever, taking into consideration what we're what facing with and struggling with as a nation right now. Yeah, Jared, uh, I, I want yeah, to... Yeah, actually, if I could yeah, add one yeah, more thing to that, yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, 
I mean, I wouldn't make the same comparison as Star Wars, but no, you, you know, you see in Star Wars, there's a generation bringing their 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 kids to see something that they grew up with, and I think that you know, as Peter rightfully pointed out, we're we're seeing that, and I think that we we actually you know, there's three of us, of course, that worked on this film, and I think that we there was a lot of checks and balances, a lot of deliberation, and about how to how to try to make his to not lose the edge of Chomsky, yeah. make sure that it was still sharp, that it was um, poignant, that it was, uh, that it expressed, that we actually, we were able to cover and capture the, that, that vintage Chomsky um, social critic kind of way of speaking. At the same time, as, as, as Peter said, we wanted, to, we wanted to introduce a whole new group of people to Chomsky. So I really think that, and I'm biased here, but I really think it's, it's Chomsky like you've never seen him before. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really up close and personal. You know, everything from the framing, it's very, it's very intimate. It's very candid. Um, it's more of a conversation than a, um, than a lecture, yeah. than a seminar. Yeah. And it, it really is, it's, you know, we had to, you know, it's tough because, uh, you know, just sitting down with Chomsky for the, the amount of time that we did, we have enough information to fill several books. And as you know, um, you know, that, that wealth of information and ideas is endless. So we really had to try to, to do our best to distill that down to its essence. So in distilling that, his principles down, we had to make sure that we, we had enough substance, we had enough ideas, we had enough information that we wouldn't lose what it is that, that makes Chomsky Chomsky, but at the same time kept it well-paced enough for someone who came into this film, not even knowing who, who Professor Chomsky is or what his, his oeuvre of work entails, that they would that they would walk away going oh yeah this you know this intellectual has something to say and it's and it's something that they can grab somebody if you've never even um, read or seen Noam Chomsky before yeah I, I want to point out that the film Requiem for the American Dream is visually very compelling I think it did a very great the the graphics the, the animated part of it uh, is terrific it and it furthers illust illustrate the 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 concepts and the critiques that. Uh, Professor Chomsky is putting forward. Uh, it, it's a it's visually a very appealing film to watch. Just to sit down on a cinematic level, it's fun. It's fun to watch. I also want to point out the music is terrific. Um, if you want to get a little shout out to the uh, original score, I thought the yeah you got some great you know propulsive music in in the film. It really helps move it uh, everything along because it can be kind of dry material. Let's be honest for people who aren't that a lot of people just aren't into politics in the way that they should be as citizens and so it it helps mm -hmm. to to kind of you know give them a, a nice way into this and i think the film mm -hmm. you, you've done is 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 terrific in that regard just as a as i said a cinematic experience it's terrific i i want to I mean, just to quickly comment on that if yeah. you don't if you don't mind i'll make this yeah. short it's just yeah. that yeah i mean at the end of the day we're filmmakers yeah. we we're not it's not a white paper. It's not some kind of treatise that we're putting forth. I mean, we are making a film, and so yeah, we did. We did want to work with techniques, um, filmmaking techniques that would that would elevate and enhance what it is that Chomsky's speaking to. Right. I, um, I want to, and I also want to go back to the point. I think Peter, both of you have made, but Peter, you were saying, you know, the idea of people bringing their sons or daughters to see the film. Um, I will say one of the encouraging things that that I I'm finding in the world that I operate in, I'm, I'm in contact with younger people on a regular basis. And one of the nice things is, is they, for better or worse, I, I think it's the advent of the internet and social media and the rest of it, they 
come to these issues as they become from young adults into adulthood and finding their way through school and then finding their way into the to the workplace and, and that they they seem to be um, without a lot of the Cold War mentality that I grew up with this sort of this this sort of imposing regressive sensibility about the world and the world we live in and how it operates and this you know communism and the you know this evil empire stuff they're coming into this world politically with a kind of a clean slate and fortunately i feel like they're coming in uh with being objective and understanding the circumstances they find themselves in and i think that student debt is a sobering experience for so many of these people who are now questioning the political system that has allowed them to leave school that encourages them to leave school you know massive debt and with very few job opportunities that will politic politicize someone as quickly as anything will and i'm so encouraged by what i see as what i think is a a rational reaction to it and i think your film along with the candidacy of some of the higher profile uh, democratic i'll say bernie sanders i'll say it out loud uh, are focusing on just this kind of a critique of the american system that noam chomsky has been articulating for many many years and i'm in, very encouraged by the reaction to the political candidacy of someone like Bernie Sanders, I feel like there is a, a real new chapter in American politics. Uh, and and I, I, okay, a comment on that, if you if you will, uh, Jared. If you how do how how do you see this shaking out? Well, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you get a chance to actually see the uh, the New York Times critics pick that that came in this morning? I did not see it. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we're, we're thrilled that people like yourself, like the New York Times, everyone's kind of, um, you know, is covering this here. As we, I don't know if if, if we mentioned to the to the listeners either that tonight is the, the U.S. theatrical premiere. Oh, yes, here in New York City. Okay, and um, but yeah, this is obviously, you know, we, you know, I, I want to be careful about well, in the well, in the article, um, Chomsky, uh, they they reference a political artist article where where Chomsky says that. Where he talks about the the Bernie Sanders, um, Hillary Clinton, who would you vote for? Um, who has a better shot? Um, and actually, so I don't know if I could steer that 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 question conversation into into the words of, of Professor Chomsky. I think people would be more interested in that in that than mine. Okay. He actually he actually says he'd vote for Clinton if he lived in a swing state like Ohio. Um, hmm. um, but he uh, he also obviously like all of us have, have cited enormous differences between the two major political parties. And he's also been referring to Sanders not as a socialist, but as a New Dealer. Yeah, um, that's what he is. And, that's exactly. and I actually, you know, and I, you know, and I, I agree with, I agree with that. Yeah. So um, I think that he's praised Sanders overall, but offered a grim view of his campaign because, like you know, many of the the things in the, the many of the mechanisms that are in the film, um, the explosion of money uh, in politics for one is uh, is something that 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 makes um, the Sanders campaign more difficult. Okay. Well, maybe it was wrong. I shouldn't have injected Bernie into this conversation. And I, but I, but I, I guess my point really is that that the mm-hmm. younger people are are understanding the American system in a way that when I grew up, the expectation that you will do better, and it's in the film, the expectation of every generation that will do a little mm-hmm. bit better mm-hmm. than the previous generation. I don't think that's that's a common thought. Uh, I don't think that's a common thread with people who are going or that are coming up now and sort of being introduced to uh, the world that we currently live in, which is a 
vast economic in, in inequality and and um so I, I think to that point that noam chomsky has been saying for 40 50 years is it's here uh, and, and it's yeah. here in a way that i i think that is shocking to people who have grown up in a world where it wasn't it wasn't the way it is today and um and that's yeah and we talk about the, you know we talk about you know the, the film being having the American dream in the title, it's that, you know, we wanted to, and as Professor Chomsky points out in the film, it's, it's partly true and partly real. For example, you know, yes, during the, 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 golden, uh, the golden age, it was possible for, for someone to, to, get a, you know, to go to college, to, to get a job, to, get a, to work that job for the, the majority of their life, if not their whole life, and have a house and, and send their kids to school and, and have a two-car garage and all the rest. On the other hand, of course, he, he, he also picks apart this myth yeah. Uh, of the American dream, but but the one thing that he does mention, not not just in the '30s, from his experience, um, you know, I believe Professor Chomsky was born in, in Philadelphia, um, and in his experience growing up, you know, there was this sense of even even after the Great Depression, things were bad, and this is how we kind of opened the film. Yeah. That, but there was this expectation that things would get better, yeah. and I think that, that what he says is that's missing today. That idea is missing today. And so we look at the stories, we look at that, we look at that idea after the, after the Depression, and then of course in the 60s where we really focus on, on this golden age where we had this more virtuous cycle in America, where, we, where, where the upper quintile was doing just about as well as the lower quintile, where, you know, today, fast forward, I think I just read yesterday that the top 68 richest people uh, in the world, um, their wealth increased by 40%. Right. Uh, their wealth decreased by 50%. So you're seeing this opposite trend. And, you know, I mentioned the virtuous cycle that, that the Golden Age provided. Of course, there's plenty of flaws and problems with that. There's yeah. other social problems that we had, but, but there's, that's where you see that myth partly, um, partly being realized and actualized. And then today, yeah, you, you, have, you have a generation that's not doing as well as parents that, doesn't, that have, have lost faith in their institutions, as Chomsky, institutions, as Chomsky mentions in the film. Yeah. This is unfocused anger, yeah. um, and you know, yeah, we're at a we're at a real crossroads yeah. because here, um, as he, you know, he, he shows how how he lays out in the film how the, the deck is stacked, how how really these these principles of concentration of wealth and power have led to this vicious cycle as opposed to a virtuous one, and that's something that we uh, it's going to be a lifelong commitment to try to turn that around. I c- couldn't agree more. I'm. I'm- Unfortunately, we were sort of running out of time. Peter, any final thoughts uh, on the film and its opening? As you said, today here in or in I'm sorry, not here, but in New York City, and I'm and sure that it will be uh, eventually rolling out around the country. How can people find out more about the screenings and uh, where they can go to see it? Yeah, well, thank you for asking. That, that's uh, the perfect entree for for me to to plug the film. Um, <laughs> where um, you can check in with us at the website Requiem for the American Dream. There is, uh, is a page with our screening times, and yet we're going to open in probably 2025 cities nationwide, following at minimum following New York. Um, we are opening in Santa Fe uh, in mid February. Then we're going to be in Seattle in March. Uh, we're going to be at in Santa Monica in mid-March, Detroit in mid-March, Columbus the 1st of April. Um, So if if you check in with the website, check in with us on Facebook at Requiem for the American Dream, you you can find updates on all of these theatrical openings. And um, I just want to stress, and I I think 
a lot of people out there are well aware of this, but it's a real, it's a tremendous undertaking to uh, get a film like ours out there into so many theaters across the country. Yeah. And, you know, we really urge people to actually make the effort to go and see the film in the theater as it was intended. Yeah. Very cinematic film, fantastic score, beautifully realized animation and it really it's meant to be seen in a theater with people um not at home alone on a laptop or a screen uh and you know in the spirit of of being able to engage in a dialogue with one another after the film and talk about what you've just seen is the the takeaway from the film is that you know it it, it it's going to take a collaborative effort on on all of our parts in order to push back and and influence and create the kind of change um, if we want our country to 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 turn back in another direction yeah. or even someplace that, that that our interests are being taken into consideration not just you know the one tenth of one percent right well very good well gentlemen uh, I've so thank you for being here on Film School today. The film, again, is uh, Requiem for the American Dream. We've been joined today by Peter Hutchinson and Jared P. Scott, the co-directors, co-producers. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, the other co-producer, co-director is Kelly Nike. Uh, and uh, thank you again so much for, for, here, for coming here. Uh, check it out at uh, requiemfortheamericandream.com to find out more about it. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate right, it. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.